The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. The deception is as rampant as ever. We're going to confront it today. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. You may wonder why I'm bringing up yet again the failed Trump prophecies and some of the deception regarding Trump and the idolatry regarding Trump, which I bring up reminding you that I am a two-time Trump voter myself. But you're going to find out today on the broadcast why I'm bringing these things up, why they are highly relevant. We'll look at some footage. Hey, you see for yourself. We'll look at some posts. You decide for yourself. 866 Three for Truth. This is Michael Brown. Welcome to the Line of Fire. A little later in the broadcast, oh, some shocking footage from England. 71-year-old gospel preacher arrested for sharing truth from the Bible. Yeah, we'll show you that. Tell you shocking situation from Finland regarding a, a, a congressional leader, a parliamentary leader in, in Finland, and what's happened to her for tweeting about what the Bible says, and uh, some interesting pushback on behalf of Senator Josh Hawley and his book, The Tyranny of Big Tech. Okay, Uh, let's start here. I want to play a clip for you, and these sentiments may express what many of you are feeling who believe the election was stolen, all right? So this is Pastor Greg Locke preaching recently about his views on President Biden. You know, it'd be nice if all the Biden voters would put the signs back out in their front yard so their neighbors at least know why they're starving to death. Somebody say amen right there, huh? Bunch of socialistic garbage. The economy's worse than it's ever been. All this fear-mongering, the media's worse than it's ever been. It's ridiculous. And they're like, well, you know, you just need to accept the results. (laughs) you just need to accept the results of biden's administration biden's administration is as fake and fraudulent today as it's ever been ever been joe biden is a fake president he's a fake president he stole the election i believe that to the day i die i don't give two flips of wood nickel what anybody thinks about it I don't care what you say about me. He's a liar and a robber and a thief and a crook. All right. Aside from some of the other sentiments expressed there, the reason I play that is because before uh, this video, some months earlier, after it was announced that Trump had lost the election, Greg Locke was 100% sure. I don't know him at all. We've never met. We probably agree on other points. He was 100% sure he absolutely guaranteed it with as much certainty then as he's speaking on this video now that Joe Biden would never serve a day in office. He guaranteed that before Inauguration Day, the elections would be overturned and Trump would be installed. He guaranteed it on a viral video and then afterwards said nothing to apologize for because Biden is not the president. Well, that wasn't the issue. The issue was 
that we were told that Biden would not serve a single day in the White House. You can say, I don't believe he's a legitimate president. I believe the elections were stolen. You can hold to your particular views. The fact is, he is the one in the White House right now. The fact is, he is calling the shots and not Donald Trump or his team or whoever's behind him calling the shots and not Donald Trump. That's reality. You may not like it. You may oppose every decision he's made. You may not think he's competent. As I said, you may think the election stolen. Those are all totally separate issues. The fact is, it's him. It's not a shapeshifter posing as Joe Biden or some double. It's him there in the White House. It's, it's him behind the Resolute Desk. It, it's him making the speeches. It's him dealing with other international leaders as president, whether you like it or not. Same when Donald Trump was president, whether you liked it or not, he was the man there in the White House. In any case, last week, we put out a major statement called Prophetic Standards. You can read it on propheticstandards.com. It had 85 initial signatories, another 300, as I'm speaking now, another 330-something have signed on, representing denominations, representing networks of leaders, representing individual pastors, representing seminaries, professors, a wide range of believers from around America, now growing from around the world, all saying, yes, we affirm these biblical standards for prophetic accountability. And we put this out when I say we, it is a joint statement. I helped form it together with Bishop Joe Matera. Then it was discussed with other leaders, then farmed out to other leaders, then all the input put in. So this is a joint non-denominational statement representing many charismatic Pentecostal believers, those who believe that the gift of prophecy still exists today. So we put that out. If you read the document for yourself, you'll see it's positive. You'll see its it's intent is not to condemn or accuse, that we want to cultivate an environment where the gift of prophecy and the ministry of the prophet can flourish while at the same time holding for strong accountability as per the word. Well, I I was sent this link by a colleague And it's uh, Johnny Enlow. I don't know Johnny at all. We've never met. We've never interacted, to my knowledge. And I don't know what his general ministry is about. I can just say that I take the strongest exception to what he's saying here. He is one of those who continues to guarantee that Trump will be back in office, not 2024, but that Biden will be deposed and Trump will be back in office. At the very least, he has not stepped back from his prophetic words that Trump would be reelected. So he posted this. Now you say, well, why draw any attention to this? I mean, who cares? We, we don't know him. Well, check this out. Uh, he has, I don't know, 60, 70,000 followers on his Facebook page. So he's a, he's a public figure. But this post, which was posted on April 30th, all right, it, when I scroll down to the end of it, it has five and a half thousand likes. That, that's a good number of likes. That's, that's almost one-tenth of everyone that he has on his on his page. And it has 2.1 thousand comments and 1.4 thousand shares as of this moment. All right, so that's a substantial response. So I, I wanna read through what he says. Let's take a look. The prophets were right, vision of a golden scepter. Enough months have gone by since the election of 11-3-2020 that it is worth revisiting some important truth. There's actually no waiting to see if the prophets were right who prophesied DJT winning the election. It happened. It happened bigly. By late night on the 3rd of November, it was all but announced that DJT had comfortably won the election. Prophecy fulfilled. Let me stop there for a moment. 
number one, the prophecy was not just that Trump would win the election, but that he would serve as president. For him to, quote, win the election, then have the election stolen, and then him never serve as president during this term, that's not what was being said. And, and, and if these prophets were speaking accurately for God, and I say this as a charismatic Pentecostal myself who believes in the gift of prophecy and the ministry of the prophet for today, based on Scripture, <clears throat> the word was that he would be our next president. In other words, an abstract bit of information, he's, he's going to win technically, but it's going to be stolen and never serve as president. That's, that wasn't the issue. The issue was who's going to be the next president. And we were told by a chorus of prophets unanimously that it would be Donald Trump. And some absolutely guaranteed it. He will serve another term, eight years in the White House. Okay? Not only so, where did they prophesy the steal? They didn't. If this would have been one of the biggest events in the history of America, that the election was stolen outright, <clears throat> why wasn't that prophesied? What's the good of saying, oh, he's going to be reelected when he's actually not going to serve? Really, think about it. Think about it. If, 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 if a prophet tells you, my brother, I see you on a job and the Lord showed me you're going to get the promotion on your job. Wonderful. Praise God. It never happens. You find out where you're given the promotion, but then someone behind the scenes manipulated and took away. Well, it didn't happen. That's the reality. That's what we're facing. Also, as of November 3rd, I stayed up real late. I'm a late night person. Some nights I don't go to sleep until four in the morning. Okay, I'm a late night person. I stayed up really late following the elections and it was leaning towards a Trump victory. But my wife, Nancy, was watching one network and they're saying there are a bunch of ballots that are going to be counted overnight. And based on our understanding of those ballots, that's going to shift things back to Biden. So it's still real close. We don't know what's going to happen here and here and here. In other words, it wasn't like, hey, he's in. It's done. It looked good. It was leaning in that direction. But in point of fact, there was no guarantee. It's definite, etc. Just going back to reality there. All right. So the ensuing unparalleled history, steal that saw multiple states claim thousands more votes than registered voters, pause and let that register, is not going to stand. That becomes, I suppose, a second prophetic word, which also will be fulfilled. The fact Arizona's in a recount should tell you that there is no expiration date on when a steal gets voided. The fact that the Dems have sent at least estimate, at last estimate, 100 attorneys to try to stop it should tell you right there that they understand that if the steal gets exposed in Arizona, it will also happen in other states. Who would be for stopping a recount done with 100% transparency in every step and every process, only a thief and a den of thieves? Of course, I'm 100% in favor of the recount, and my position has been there's been so much prayer for this that if there's been fraud, it will be revealed. That's been my position the whole time. In a related development, Mr. Pillowman has 100% proof of the national election steal, though the results will have to be searched for because the thieves have cohorts and big tech platforms trying to suppress the truth. There's yet another proof the prophets who prophesied GJT would win. We're not wrong. Meanwhile, there is a leadership group in the body of Christ, speaking of me and others, upping the ante at going after the prophets that don't back down on what God said and is still saying. So remember, he is telling you Trump won, Trump is the president, and Trump will be in office during this term. That's what's being told you, all right? And you wonder, okay, at what point, 100 years from now, does it, does it expire when Donald Trump is deceased? It, does, when does it expire? What if, if Arizona doesn't turn things or if other states don't turn things and Biden serves out his term or Biden Harris serve out the term? Does it expire then? At, at what point? At what point? If, if my pillow man is, is unable 
to to win his case in court or verify things, you still say, well, it happened anyway? I mean, at what point can things be measured against facts and reality? That's the concern about deception. As for our goal in the statement, it's it's not uh, whatsoever to, um, how is it described? Uh, leadership proof in the body of Christ going after these prophets. It's not going after. We don't mention Trump in the document at all, the failed prophecies in the document at all, in point of fact. It is calling for biblical accountability. And it does say in the document that there are some words that can come to pass over a period of time, some words that are mysterious in, in, in their phraseology that may be subject to interpretation. We go through everything fairly and biblically. The only one who would reject biblical accountability, whoever that person is, is someone who is out of line with God's word. It's simple. Accountability is a gift that God has put in the body. We are barely getting started. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends. If you're listening on one of our many radio stations, if you're listening by podcast, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or on America's Voice on Pluto or Dish TV, welcome to the broadcast. And I'm getting into the subject again of failed Trump prophecies because there is a significant segment in the church that doesn't believe they failed, that are that is convinced, remains convinced that he is actually the current president. Some say he's actually calling the shots. And, and as much as you just want to write it off and say it's fringe, it's not. It's not. So it's important that we address these things for integrity's sake, for truth's sake. So Johnny Enlow, one of the, the strongest voices prophesying Trump's re-election and saying it did happen and he is the president, I, I want you to hear a little bit more of what he said in a recent post. Again, I draw attention to it because of the amount of attention that it's got, because of the likes, because of the support. So he, he's speaking of, of me and others, not by name, who issued a statement, this is a joint statement representing a large swath of charismatic Pentecostal leaders from America and even other nations, encouraging the gift and ministry of prophecy, and also saying we must have proper accountability because unaccountability, unaccountable prophecy has been a bane in our movement for decades. You can read it at propheticstandards.com. If you're a ministry leader, by all means, sign it as well, if you affirm it. So he said, speaking of us, they consider that if a thief has managed to hold the loot from a robbery for five or six months, that it is now has to be considered fair and square his loot. They see it as a valuable service to the body of Christ to, quote, rein in these prophets who keep agreeing with God. So notice, no, no matter what happens in the physical, earthly realm, because the prophet said Trump is president, then he is. He is president. And by us calling for accountability, we're called trying to rein them in. They have unwisely, speaking of us, unwisely partnered with the thief. It means the devil, right? So we've partnered with the devil by calling for biblical accountability. They have unwisely partnered with the thief, while true prophetic voices have no choice but to agree with God. If God changes his mind, we will too, but if he doesn't, we won't either. I'm guessing he won't change his mind. So it's basically saying, no matter what happens in this world, Trump is president, he won the election, fact. God said it. So there is now no reality check, no ability to hold those words accountable. Then he gives this vision. As I was praying today, I saw a vision of DJT, Donald J. Trump, seated on a throne 
holding a golden scepter. If you wonder what we mean by Trump idolatry, this is one of the most vivid pictures I've ever seen. He also had a golden crown on his head. This I was shown is his present status from heaven's perspective. False, false word, false word. That is not Trump's present perspective, uh, present status from God's perspective. <clears throat> that becomes all I need to know as to should I back off saying the steel will not hold. Heaven does not recognize J.B., Joe Biden, having any scepter nor wearing any crown. From heaven's perspective, there is only the legitimacy of Donald J. Trump. God has assigned a massive contingency of angels to that scepter and to that crown. They have not ceased assignment and anointed seers can see this. To repeat, the prophetic word has been true all the way from November 3rd. On that date, Donald J. Trump won the election as spoken by his servants, the prophets. It was fulfilled. The only thing presently yet to be made visible uh, will, is will an outrageous steel hold for a whole term. It will not. So you're being told that. It will not. It will not. So if the elections are not overturned, then John Anlode's word is false. F-A-L-S-E. False. The answer from God to the question of when is soon. Do I have a date on that soon? No, I don't. But it's going to have to be within the next four years, right? DJT was called and anointed by God to lead our nation and the world into a new era. That's a good example of Trump idolatry. He was used by God in some positive ways. He also had many falls that were false that were detrimental and harmful. He did a lot of good. He did a lot of bad. That's the reality. Most of the above mentioned leadership group at one time believed some version of that reality. Nope. Didn't believe that. Didn't believe that. Most of us voted for him, thinking he was a better choice than Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. But no, didn't think that he was going to lead us into some new era. Now, apparently, if a thief, a theft is outrageous and thorough enough, you must bow to that reality and actually congratulate and even pray for this thief in chief. Maybe we're partnering with the thief. Maybe he didn't mean Satan. He meant Biden. Whatever. I continue to strongly oppose the direction of the Biden administration, strongly oppose decision after decision, strongly oppose policy after policy, and will continue to do so and pray for him as my president. <clears throat> I trust our system with checks and balances and courts, and I trust the prayers of God's people. If Joe Biden was installed as president, he's president. That's my view. Based on faith, based on prayer. All right. So... He goes on here, uh, those who refuse to disagree with God must now be pressured into accepting the steel under the guise of being humble enough to admit being wrong. How about being humble enough to keep agreeing with God even after your believers and fellow leaders push for abandoning what he has clearly revealed? My Bible does not say to support or pray for criminal thieves just because it was the highest seat in the land. Those who gave up on going to the courts of heaven in order to now instead reign in profits might consider that a more worthwhile assignment to get back to. 100 million Americans know that a grand theft has taken place. That's an interesting stat. They know it. It is most definitely not the assignment of any body of Christ leadership group to instruct that this be considered acceptable. Let's move on. Again, document doesn't mention that. Documents is calling for accountability. Is that so bad? Is that so terrible? If justice does not sweep in at this time, there's no foundation for ever motivating the body of Christ to fast, pray, march, vote. We did fast, pray, cry out. And this is... The result we got. The contending effort was unprecedented worldwide. Goes on there. Um, and why does your God view allow for a criminal thief and power to be the answer from God after months of fasting and praying, etc.? Because I believe that God's on the throne. And we prayed and fasted and that God did not give us four more years of Donald Trump. Simple. That's what happened. 
And there were plenty of opportunities for the courts to turn that. Uh, and uh, why would you allow a grand theft of the highest level to knock you off a summit? Why would you then blame shift profits? Did they inspire you to fast, pray, march, gather, vote, or was it God? Are you afraid to approach God with your disappointment so you must project it elsewhere? Wrestle through that question. You might find yourself back on assignment. You need to know literally, look at this, literally thousands and the prophetic community are still getting dreams and visions and audible voices from God on DJT officially back in power. Friends, that's mass deception. Mass deception. Some of you can add that in the comments section so those who see this become aware that nameless and faceless prophetic voices are remaining faithful too. I'm not going to scroll through the comments section, but you will find one after another, after another, after another, affirming this. And I'm going to play you some interesting video in a moment. One after another, after another, saying, Amen. True. Absolutely. You're right. We're holding on. Donald Trump is the current president. Now, look, there were people guaranteeing that things were going to turn later in November, then December. You watch and see. There were people guaranteeing that Biden would never sit a day in office. You watch what happens on January 4th. There were people guaranteeing, watch the end of March, the end of April. None of it has happened. None of it has happened. But here the way, here's the way people are thinking. I'm going to play you a clip from Jeff Jansen who's been very strong on Trump's re-election. The military is going to get rid of Biden and put Trump back in power. So he just, he just posted uh, on his Facebook page, the best is yet to come, which is something I agree with, but it's a picture of Trump, kind of angelic type of picture, you know, light shining on him. Um, and, and look at this response from a gal named Anita. Don't know her at all. Just use this to illustrate the point. Yes, time has been ticking, but God is working. Many have scoffed at the prophets of the nations simply because time has passed when God didn't promise the process would be quick and easy. In fact, he is doing a sellout checker to test and see who will stick and stay, come what may. He is building a strong and faithful army for the great awakening. Friends, many people believe this. Many people are in deeper deception now than before the elections because they have dug in their heels. They haven't said, hey, I was wrong. They haven't said, hey, we prayed and fasted and cried out, and God did not give us four more years of Donald Trump. And instead of looking to Trump for sign of great, some kind of great awakening, and some of that even ties in with QAnon conspiracies and, and the great awakening and, and you know, all the pedophiles revealed and removed from office and Biden and Obama put in jail and Hillary Clinton put in jail for being pedophile, whatever the thing is, that's some, some of the QAnon great awakening. The great awakening I'm looking for bypasses the White House and bypasses Congress and bypasses the courts because it comes straight from heaven. The awakening I'm contending for and believing for is the greatest outpouring of the spirit in the history of America, bringing us to deep and massive repentance. That's the great awakening my heart is set on and that many are praying and fasting and crying out for. All right, so Jeff Jansen, uh, I just mentioned, again, don't know Jeff at all, just going through some factual information. Uh, Newsweek posted an article uh, March 18th of this year. March 18th, the, the headline said this, Evangelical prophet claims military carrying out coup to reinstate Trump as president. All right? Evangelical prophet claims military carrying out coup to reinstate Trump as president. And then Jeff posted this on his Facebook page. I don't follow him. I just want to check on this yesterday. He then posted this article on his Facebook page. Listen to this message that he brought. Listen to this message. Uh, we've got time to play it before the break where he tells you when this is going to happen. Let's listen. Clip number one. 
He stepped aside. He never conceded. And the last defense is military. So the military, actually, the military is in control right now. And uh, they will, they've already made their determination. It, now it's about execution. Now it's about returning civil power after, after the, the we the people factor, uh, the, the rightly duly elected president from this past election uh, comes forward and they expose the corruption. There will be civil power restored to the United States and that president will be Donald J. Trump. Watch what the Lord does, but I believe that April, I'll, I would be surprised if things don't happen by, by the end of April. Now I'm talking the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, which I believe are key dates. Yeah, well, we're past that. We're in May. Has it happened? Friend, at what point will people wake up to reality and say, hey, I was wrong. I missed it. I, I blew it. At what point will they accept reality? That concerns me. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I have not focused on the failed Trump prophecies for some time now. Began to draw attention to them after the elections. Began to say this is a great time for accountability and to test words if, in, in fact, the elections are overturned, this would be remarkable. It would mean that these prophetic people really did hear from God, as some did with Trump's first election, which seems so completely unlikely when some of them spoke it in the first place. And I do believe that the few that did speak it the first time around did hear from the Lord. It was so unlikely. It was so impossible for us, many of us as conservative evangelicals, conservative followers of Jesus, to vote for someone like Trump that like, violated everything we stood for in his past, even who he was today in so many ways. And, and yet we wondered, could it be? And of course, he kept his word. He did so many things he promised he'd do. He was, he, he was a friend to evangelicals, kept his door open and, and moved the embassy to Jerusalem. I mean, international things like that pushed back against ISIS, stood up to communist China, stood up to uh, Iran. Uh, stood up for freedom of religion here in America, appointed conservative justice to the Supreme Court, did a massive amount, four years. And, and the second time around, I believe that many prophetic people got caught up in a partisan political spirit and saw his reelection and got caught up in an unhealthy Christian nationalism, by which I mean draping the gospel and American flag. I don't mean being a good Christian and a good patriot at the same time. Go for it. God bless you. I don't believe, I, I don't mean being a solid Christian and believing that God has a purpose for America. Let it be, may his purpose for America come to pass. I mean associating the kingdom of God with America. I mean associating the fate of the nation with some larger eternal gospel purpose as if America was chosen the same way Israel was chosen. My issues with Trump had to do with the downside to his character, which we either justified, looked the other way, or took on ourselves, becoming nasty and crass, and to the point he throws Mike Pence under the bus on January 6th. I mean, dangerous, shocking stuff like that. That's destructive. And because of his destructive ways, Republicans end up losing two seats in Georgia instead of being united front there to get those candidates in, which then brings the precarious situation with a radical leftist administration trying to push things in such a way that 
they, they could they could really gut religious freedoms and really hurt the economy and really hurt international standing. So there was good, there was bad. The issue I've had is with exalting Trump in such a way that only he can save America. He is God's man for the nation and only he can do the job. That's dangerous, that's idolatrous. But with a spate of recent words and reaffirmations, maybe energized by the Arizona recount, we, we have to address these things. And, and the world is talking about it. If we don't want to, the world is here. How about this? Newsweek, this was uh, last uh, March, so March 10th, almost two months ago. And I, again, if I'd been following these, I'd be quoting all these and talking about it on the air regularly, but I haven't. Christian pastor claims prophets will call back Trump for three terms. And they're referring to Robin Bullock. Don't know Robin at all. Uh, and and any inter- I've never interacted with him directly and had never heard of him before the Trump prophecies and his voice coming up again and saying prophecy is the word of God and, and Trump is president in, in, in heaven in a spiritual sense and, and the words have come to pass. So that's what got my attention, the bizarre, unaccountable nature of them. Well, this is some of the video that Newsweek is referring to. So look, you may want to ignore this, but the world's not ignoring this. It's bringing reproach to the gospel. It's bringing reproach to the Bible. It's bringing reproach to conservative Christians. It's bringing reproach to, to charismatic ministry and the gift of prophecy and the ministry of the prophet. So here a couple little uh, segments from his message. So then you start to see there's two kings after Cyrus. And you wonder if it's two kings after Cyrus, could it be two more presidential terms? Could it be something like that? Very well could be. You say, are you saying it is? No, I'm not. But but I'm telling you, it could be. We know if we look at the story of the Good Samaritan, it comes down to the point where he gave the innkeeper two days' wages to keep the man that he had rescued the Samaritan being Jesus, and had rescued him, took him to the comforter at the inn. He gave him two days' wages. One day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. He gave him enough to keep him 2,000 years. He said, if I'm any longer in my coming, I will pay it when I get there. But the Bible says he gave the innkeeper two pence. And now there's a Cyrus Trump in office and a pence. So we could be looking at either two terms of pence, which would be two kings from Cyrus. Or we could be looking right now, uh, Cyrus is in two full terms, then pence would be in two full terms. That's what you call abusing the Bible. That's what you call making a mockery of Scripture. That's what you call twisting the word to fit some bizarre ideas. It it would be like me saying Jeb Bush will be the next president because God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. I I mean, it it would be as preposterous. But this, friends, this is some of the stuff that's out there because I love the word of God, because I love the things of the spirit, and because I care about the direction of our nation. I'm addressing these things. I've got I've got no axe to grind with people. I feel, t- I feel terrible when I see people do this and, and be guilty of such gross error and misinterpretation of Scripture. I feel bad for them. I, f- I feel even worse for the people saying amen and taking it in. 
But, but much of what happens in the New Testament with the apostles, with the early believers, was they were confronting error. They were confronting heresy. And it's essential we do that. I normally just deal with the issues. I have people attack me because I don't call out names that often. I normally just deal with the issues. And if I'm able to deal with people behind the scenes, I try to deal with that. At times, I will deal with the people as well, as we have today, because of this ongoing mass deception that must be confronted. All right, uh, we're, we're going to change topics in a moment. We've got some eye-opening footage to show you. But first, uh, let's go to the phones. We'll start in Australia with Idan. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hi, Dr. Rand. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Um, I just had a question um, regarding prophecy. Um, I go to a charismatic church in Australia, and one of the things um, I've noticed in terms of prophecy, it seems to be a lot of um, individual prophesying that builds up the individual that's being prophesied in our church. And when I look at um, 1 Corinthians, I see Paul talking about tongues is to lift us up, or prophecies to edify and build up the church. So I'm just wondering, is there a difference between sort of Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy? And in particular, is New, New Testament prophecy to do with more of a futuristic storytelling? Or is it is prophecy more to reveal biblical truth that's already been established? Right. So the only time that prophecy is primarily for the purpose of re- pointing to biblical truth that's really been revealed, is it's when it's been missed. In other words, the prophet would be raised up to say, hey, we've gotten off track, go back to what's written. Otherwise, the teacher is the one that's just opening up, you know, the revelation, what's there. That should be done on a regular basis. All believers taking in the word and then pastors and teachers just on a regular basis building us up on, on what's written. So a prophet would, would be raised up to do that if we if we gotten off track, if we'd forgotten the fundamental truth. The prophet would say, hey, gotten off track, go back. Old Testament and New Testament prophecy are similar and that they both include forthtelling and foretelling. So forthtelling is just speaking the truth to a generation. You're in sin, you need to repent, or God's about to come and deliver you. And foretelling would be predicting the future, ultimately uh, pointing to, to Jesus and his first and second comings. But the differences in Old New Testament prophecy are many. We open that up in our prophetic standards uh, statement. So if you go to propheticstandards.com, we lay some of that out. The Old Testament prophet could operate independently, did not have to be part of a leadership team to whom he was accountable. God would send him as a lone ranger with a word. He might die for preaching it, uh, and, if, and if the word was false, he could die for, for that. But that was yep. different. They spoke with an authority that New Testament prophets don't have today uh, because we all have the Holy Spirit living with us, and we're all vitally related to Jesus the head. Um, but prophecy can encourage, lift up, as in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Uh, it can reveal sin, as later in the chapter. But New Testament prophecy can be personal, as in Jesus speaking to Peter, Jesus speaking to Nathaniel. Uh, Peter, when he's first called, yep. uh, Peter uh, before and after uh, the crucifixion. Uh, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18 to fight the good fight based on the prophetic words that were spoken over him. Uh, so there can be personal prophecies that you take hold of, that you know are the Lord, that affirm a calling in your life. And based on that, Lord, you promised, you spoke it. 
Uh, so many of the functions are the same, but the authority structure is different. Profit's now just being part of larger leadership teams. Uh, Mike Bickle at, at IHOP International House of Prayer has pointed out that the prophet may receive a revelation, but that doesn't mean that the prophet has the interpretation or the application. That may come from other leaders on the team. That may come from the local pastor and shepherd who has the application for it. So uh, we work together as a team. Words are submitted, and we're not to despise prophecy or put out the Spirit's fire, but everything is to be tested. Scripture is very clear on that. Hey, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Listen, if anybody threatens you, God has spoken through me, and if you don't listen, judgment will come on you. Ignore it. Ignore it. Walk away from it. Walk away from it. Even if there is any truth to what that prophet spoke or that person spoke, if they warn you that judgment will come on you if you don't listen to them or if you don't financially give to their ministry, that is spiritual abuse, spiritual manipulation of the highest order. And we address it in the Prophetic Standards Statement. Again, propheticstandards.com. It is so important that we do not allow anyone to put us into bondage based on a prophetic word, that we do not allow someone to bring us under their power because they're holding this word over our head. And if they try to quote Psalm 105.15, don't touch my anointed, don't harm my prophets, there was a different context for that. Read it, read it in Psalm 105, you'll see what it's talking about. Today, we could apply to leaders in general have respect for and honor leaders who are worthy of your respect and honor and don't cause them grief. But your ultimate submission is to Jesus the Lord. And when a leader tries to bring you in bondage to them, you walk away from that. You serve, you honor, you respect, but your ultimate allegiance is to the Lord only. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, I've been tracking this for some years now. I I don't mean doing a careful study as much as making note when I see this happen in the news. And just the other day started to pull together a bunch of news headlines, all telling the same story, namely a street preacher in England arrested for offensive comments or homophobic comments or hateful comments. And, and remember the way the law functions is it's how you feel about what the street preacher is saying. In other words, if that street preacher says, God made us male and female, Genesis chapter 1, and that makes you feel uncomfortable and hate it because you identify as transgender and feel that you transgend some of these binary distinctions that we make, that, that potentially could mean that it's hate speech. I'm, I'm really not exaggerating in, in pointing to this. So it's happened time and time again. Now, about seven years ago, one preacher got a settlement from the government after being arrested and thrown in jail for hours and kept alone and because allegedly offended a gay couple. And, and another, another preacher recently received an apology. But this has been over and over again. 
So this is, this is the most recent one. There are two pastors that are preaching, and I'm going to show you footage of a 71-year-old pastor, John Sherwood. His colleague had spoken. He's speaking. And, and in fact, let's, let's look at the slides first, okay? Uh, I want you to hear first what the first pastor had said. He said, God's design in creating mankind was to set human beings in families, headed by a father and mother, not by two fathers or by two mothers. The distinction within mankind of just two genders, male and female, made in the image of God, constitutes the essence of God's created order. So that's what the one preacher had said. Then his, his colleague, who ends up getting arrested, affirming these same biblical truths as they're reading from Genesis 1, Listen to what this preacher, 71 years old, John Sherwood, listen to what he said. I wasn't making any homophobic comments. I was just defining marriage as a relationship between a man and a woman. I was only saying what the Bible says. I wasn't wanting to hurt anyone or cause offense. I was doing what my job description says, which is to preach the gospel in open air, as well as in a church building Let's take a look at this footage. If you're listening only, you'll still hear the scene. It's it's quite shocking. Yeah, they rough him up a little bit. Uh, he's 71 years old. He's standing on a chair. They, they, they insist that he comes down from the chair. It, it's wild. That, that's what he was preaching, friends. That's what he was preaching. Oh, okay. How about this from Finland? We, we've been warning, friends. It, it was a, a pastor in Sweden some years ago who was arrested for preaching in his church what the Bible said about homosexual practice. And it went into the highest court. It was finally overturned. But this is absolute insanity. In Norway, there are hate crime laws now. If you misgender someone publicly and, 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 and cause them emotional distress, but by doing so, you go to jail for years. So how about this from, from, from Finland? When a tweet can land you in jail, criminal charges brought against Finnish MP. Okay? Let, let me read this to you. This is from the Alliance Defending Freedom. Imprisonment for posting a Bible tweet is now a very real possibility in Finland. The Finnish prosecutor general has brought three criminal charges against Finnish member of parliament, and I'm mispronouncing the name, Pavi Reisinen. The former minister of the interior now faces two years of imprisonment for each alleged crime. The medical doctor, mother of five, and grandmother of six is accused of having engaged in, quote, hate speech for publicly voicing her opinion on marriage and human sexuality in a 2004 pamphlet for comments made on a 2018 TV show and most recently a tweet directed at her church leadership because the Lutheran church in, in, in Finland is largely apostate, has been for years, in much of Scandinavia. She says, quote, I cannot accept that voicing my religious beliefs could mean imprisonment. 
I do not consider myself guilty of threatening, slandering, insulting anyone. My statements are all based on the Bible's teaching on marriage and sexuality. I will defend my right to confess my faith so that no one else will be deprived of their right to freedom of religion and speech. I hold on to the view that my expressions are legal and they should not be censored. I will not back down from my views. I will not be intimidated into hiding my faith. The more Christians keep silent on controversial themes, the narrower the space for freedom of speech gets. Let me reread that last sentence. Let me shout this out to everyone in America right now and around the world. The more Christians keep silent on controversial themes, the narrower the space for freedom of speech gets. No, we should not be hateful. No, we should not be hypocrites. No, we should not be mean-spirited, condescending, self-righteous, nasty. God forbid, it does not represent God's heart. We should speak the truth in love. This is God's plan for marriage. This is God's plan for family. This is God's plan for sexuality. We hold to what the designer put in motion, knowing it is best for everyone. And if you differ, you're free to differ. If you want to call us bigots, hateful, whatever, that's your prerogative. We're going to love you, pray for you. If you curse us, we're going to bless you. But we will not back down from speaking the truth. If we will simply all do that together, the tide will turn. There is no reason for us to get intimidated by a vocal minority or by big tech with all of its power or big business with all of its power or whoever is in political leadership because if God is for us, no one can be against us. If we end up in jail, we end up in jail. Believers are dying for their faith all around the world all the time. That's, that's been a given. Not much is being asked for us. Come on. Let's take a stand. Let's take a stand while we have the opportunity to take a stand. When, here, when I began talking about various social issues in 2004, when I began talking about gay activism and where it was going and, and how the whole agenda would be the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience in America, and people looked at me like I was totally crazy. When I began to warn about where the transgender agenda was going, it's not because I hate people. God knows the tears I have shed, gotten alone and, and wept over pain that has been brought to those who identify as LGBT by uncaring church members or by insensitive preachers or by a theology that makes them think that, that we all hate them and God hates them and they're damned forever. I've wept over that. They'd say, hey, we don't want your tears. I'm just telling you, there's no animosity in me. And, and there are a thousand things I'd much rather address but I saw where this was going, and others saw it long before I saw it. And who knew, who knew back then that the whole nation would be discussing these things, that the, that the transgender issue would be one of the biggest issues in the nation, and the whole Equality Act and the gutting of religious freedoms, and now various states passing laws to, 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 to protect girls in sports and to push back against transgender activism. And now major doctor in England, even high courts in England said, wait, wait, we got to slow down this whole thing by, by putting these kids on hormone blockers and getting them to consent to, to, to mastectomies. we got to slow this process down. There is an increasing recognition. At the same time, you got a street preacher, yet another one in England. I'm going to try to find out, reach out to a Christian legal society in England to find out how many it is, because I found a few just online doing some searches yesterday. But I want to find out how many, actually. 
And then the situation in Norway and the situation in Finland and the situation in Australia and the situation in Canada, we've drawn attention to that. And with a bill that could be passed potentially in Canada, if it doesn't uh, get pushed through now, there could well be a national referendum on it, which could then make things even more difficult for the Christians being a smaller minority, less activists in terms of conservative Christians in Canada. Friends, this is not some chicken little telling you the sky's falling. This is someone who for years and years and years has been speaking of the direction where things could go. And even back in 2000, said a revolution's coming to America. There's going to be a moral and cultural revolution. It's either going to be heaven sent or hell bent. And, and with the rise of the new atheists and the influence they've had, general skepticism rising, spiritual discontent, greater divisions, scandals, we're in a crisis right now. We're in a crisis. What do we do about it? Take responsibility in your own life. Take responsibility in your own life to be a person of prayer. Take responsibility in your own life to be someone who loves the truth. Take responsibility in your own life to ask God to give you a heart that loves your enemies and make a commitment to stand for truth. Make a commitment when you have the opportunity, social media, on your job, in your school, in your neighborhood, random contacts, when you have the opportunity to speak the truth in love, do it. Do not back down so as to save your reputation for the moment, so as to save your Facebook status for the moment, so as to save your job for the moment. That makes you a slave to human opinion. Instead, stand and do what's right. It's liberating. And God will bless you. Another program powered by the Truth Network.